Welcome to the Together for Change podcast series. I'm your host, Marvin O'Kelly. As of June 2020, following the untimely death of George Floyd, I've taken on the role of diversity and inclusion officer for the Halifax Wanderers. Since that time, I've hosted a number of Zoom calls with Wanderers fans, members, partners, and others in our community. My aim is that by having these tough and sometimes awkward conversations, we can begin to break down barriers and strengthen a culture of diversity and inclusion. Today, my guest is Dennis Adams. Dennis is a member of the Wanderers Diversity Committee. Dennis holds a Bachelor of Social Work from Dalhousie University and a Certificate in Nonprofit Management. He has over 30 years experience working youth in Nova Scotia, including 14 years with the Halifax Regional School Board and 17 years with Love. He is the recipient of a YMCA Peace Medallion Award, as well as the Ronald Stratford Memorial Award winner for outstanding contributions in social work in the province of Nova Scotia. Dennis became the Executive Director of Love Nova Scotia in August 2020, taking over from longtime leader Sarah McLaren. Dennis, thanks for joining us today. Uh, pleasure to be here today, and especially uh, being interviewed by you, Marvin, because I, I, uh, I don't think there's many people out there that understand your commitment and uh, truly impactful you've been and how great you've been to this whole, this whole thing going on, this whole movement, this whole social uh, movement out here. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. It's, it's, you're, you're one of the people who spurred me on, and like I've always told you, you're somebody I... I view you as a mentor and uh, and a brother, so I appreciate you shining the light and uh, giving direction for for people like myself who are new to this. But uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm an ally of yours and others going forward. So I appreciate the kind words, Dennis. Love being here. Awesome, awesome. So just to jump right into it, uh, Dennis, you know why why did you feel it was important for you to join the uh, Wanderers Diversity and Inclusion Committee, and uh, by doing so, what do you hope to accomplish? Great question. I love I love that initial question here. I remember just turning the TV on one day and I saw the Wanderers uh, play, and then I saw you know of course there's no fans at games during the COVID you know, during this COVID pandemic, and I saw this Black Lives Matter sign. I said, "Wow, that's in Canada." I said, "That's fantastic." I said, "I got excited." My wife looked at me probably like I like I was uh, you know like like she had to control me. Thought, what, what are you doing? And <laughs> I said, "That's amazing." So I was very impressed, first of all, by, you know, uh, that social stance that the Wanderers took. Uh, you know, it, it, it worked from there. When I became executive director, I wanted, uh, of Love Nova Scotia, I wanted some connections in the community. Like the key, one of the keys in my life that, that, that kept me on the right track and kept me focused was sports. So Love Nova Scotia, we had never had a, a connection with, uh, an affiliation with a sports team. So you know, after watching TV that day, basically I said, you know, uh, you know, you guys were on my radar. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, after getting to know you, Marvin, and I can't emphasize that enough and knowing your commitment and just what, what great a human being you are, period. I knew you guys and, and, uh, uh, and love Nova Scotia, uh, the Wanderers and love Nova Scotia would be a good partnership. And I knew we would be a good partnership, Marvin, me and you, uh, because I think we have the same ideals and values. You know, it's, it's important that you, you recognize that, there are people out there with the same ideals and the same values. So uh, I find myself very lucky to have found people like yourself, like Missy and Dorico, who are in our previous episodes, who are very committed to the cause and have, you know, morals that uh, will surpass any any movement, you know. So, you know, I really appreciate you know, the, even the message of Love Nova Scotia. You know, love is so important because as has been said in the past, you know, Hate cannot drive out hate, you know, only love can do that. So really that, love the, the love Nova Scotia. What, why, why love Nova Scotia? Do you know the, the reasoning behind that? 
you know, like like there, there's a story, a long story, but I'll, I'll tell the Reader's Digest version. There's a woman who uh, was celebrating a uh, new opportunity with her husband in Montreal, and a 14-year-old accosted a, an older woman. He went off and uh, to help this woman. He he was, and I don't know how to say it any nicer than this, or it sounds so horrible because it was horrible. He ended up putting a knife through into the chest of of uh, Twinkle Rudberg's husband, Daniel, and killed him. Uh, literally, as as her husband ran off and, and didn't come back, and the police sirens and the yellow tape. Uh, this woman, it, 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 you know, she was being transformed. You know, after the result, her husband's gone. A fourteen year old. Uh, youth has killed her husband in Montreal uh, in the 70s, uh, late 70s. And uh, she said, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, uh, take care of my family for sure. I got to take care of my children, but I've got to do something. You know, I, I've got to do something. Like my, my husband's death can't be in vain. She talked to a lot of her friends and so on and, and that, and she did some, you know, she was going to run and do something political, but she said, no, I've got to start something that helps the, you know, a direct link to help kids, you know, mm-hmm. that are trouble, whatever, because there's two victims here. There's, there's, there's my husband and there's this 14 year old. And uh, what a, what a great way to look at it, first of all. And there's the love starts right there. Um, and it begins and flows. That's the answer to everything is love. You know, the answer to everything. What do you need? Uh, you throw love in there in, in the mix, whatever you need and, and you'll be fine. It's, it's, it's true. You know, love is very powerful, you know, and, it, I'm very privileged to be in a, even in an office, you know, there's a lot of coworkers, you know, we, we, we don't just you know, say, have a great day or whatever, you know, we remind each other that, you know, we're friends, we love each other, you know, especially, um, I'll be honest, my coworker, Dylan, you know, we have a really great relationship outside of just working. We remind each other all the time. How, how are you doing? You know, not, not the working Dylan, not the working Marvin, you know, and we remind each other all the time, you know, you're my brother and, and I love you. That started when we had a conversation with you and Jesse, you know, and you told us this, the importance of, you know, reminding people that you're brothers. And since that day, you know, I, I really emphasize and, you know, Dylan, it's, it goes both ways. We, we always remind each other how much we love each other. And, you know, thank you for introducing that to us. Wow. I, like, um, like, I'm just going to speak from the heart today. This is a fun conversation here today because uh, we're going to get real, real here. The thing you hear all the time, I think I hear it once a week, is life is short. Life is short, you know. Take advantage. And what that means to me now, and I think it will mean different things as a to different people and different things as as we go along in life. But what it means right now is, you know, as part of it, I'm a social worker by trade, as, as you 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 gave my bio there. Thank you, Marvin. I have to do things like you know, like there's not many weddings I go to anymore, but I definitely still go to funerals. What I hear at funerals is. It's just that. I hear that regret. Oh, God. I wish I had told them that I loved them more. I wish I would. Uh, I wish I would have went to see them. You know, it's all there. You know, you know, it, it's all there for me. I mean, I, I have the privilege to work in, and, and, and people share with me. So I can't make, you know, those regretting situations, those regretting mistakes. Uh, if there's people that are close to me uh, that I see, I've got to tell them. I, I've got to let these people know. Uh, that, uh, you know, if they're my brother, they're my brother. If they're my sister, they're my sister. Uh, maybe not blood related, but but the same <laughs> feeling. Yeah. And I love you. And, 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 and there's the other thing that I want to say uh, in this podcast. Uh, you know, this is my personal agenda in this podcast is, uh, you know, we have all these ways and traditional ways we connect with each other. Let's create a new way. Let's let anybody say to anybody, 
you know, uh, old man to younger person that's connected to them and has a relationship with them. I love you. Goodbye. I love you. Take care. Like, let's let's say that. Let's let's bring more love to the world. I know there's people out there are going to say, wow, that guy, you know, he, he, he's pretty corny. I, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm less corny, more basic. There's all this beautiful language out there. There's all these beautiful ways to communicate, but let's just go right to it. We, you know, we, we, we all care and love our, 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 our families and our communities. And let's start saying it. At Love Nova Scotia, you know, the main focus is, is the youth. It's really important that, that we empower the youth so that they know how much of an impact they have on their future. You know, that it's not us older folks who are going to shape their future. It's, 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 it's them who have the power to shape it. So what is the main message you teach these youth that love Nova Scotia, other than obviously, you know, to love one another? I, I've answered that question probably in the last 10 years differently, 20 years in a row differently. Mm-hmm. Today, here's how I answer that question. It's more what they tell us. Right now, they are the driving force in, the, in you know, if there's any, going to be any change in terms of, of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two greatest sins of society are racism, sexism, the way women don't make the same amount of money as a male. And, you know, and, and of course, right now, uh, you know, race, you know, and we know how uh, it's a different navigation for someone who has uh, not, uh, you know, skin that is, is, is white. I'm just going to say that today. For sure. And, navig- you know, and people talk about how black women are, you know, the most mistreated group of individuals. Oh, my God. Well, imagine that, you know, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I hope people can think that way. Imagine being a woman and being black, mm-hmm. you know, uh, double identity, if you will. So I, I really think, well, let me just say, let me go back to that. Uh, those two greatest sins. Uh, we get an opportunity. You know, we, 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 we can we can make the world a better place by listening to this generation who won't take no for an answer. They're, they're going to tell us who they're going to be with in relationships. They're going to redefine, like as I was saying to people, I mean, um, they're going to redefine what marriage is, if there's going to be marriage. They're going to redefine what a relationship is. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we can sit back at like, at like our parents didn't go, my gosh, look at those teenagers and be those people again, be the second generation or third generation of that, just questioning uh, these young people. Or we can support them and uh, help make the world a better place because they're in real time living, knowing what the world is, and they know where we should be. So what we can do, though, uh, now, 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 Marvin, I can get into your question here, that the part you asked me, is what, what we can do uh, as facilitators or elders or, or, or older people is accept them for who they are and the way they live and to have and, and to be, you know, to use our experiences to show them when they call upon us, you know, when they need guidance or they need teachings or tutelage, uh, be there for them and support them that way. That's what we can do. That's really well said, Dennis. And, you know, it, coming out of that, I've noticed that you guys have launched your uh, your conversations for change. You know, you had your first one, which I listened to, went really well. You know, what what can you tell us about what led this campaign, Conversations for Change, and, and how that's going? This is this is the the, the question for me. Like, I, I, I feel um, a physical reaction here when you say, con- I think it's a, I think it's something that could change the world, honestly, you know, and uh it was started with conversations we had our leadership group and uh we have a, a very diverse group but our black youth particularly you know had a response to black lives matter you know and uh you know somebody was saying well what's wrong with all lives matter and then it was you know it was explained 
you know, it's so not what, what, is, what is wrong with all lives matter, Dennis? Well, you know, like if all lives matter, then um, there wouldn't be the atrocities in the world that we we've seen on film and videotape, and mm-hmm. and there wouldn't be these stories that have gone on for thirty years that that, that I've heard about of just injustice, you know, uh, by uh, the authorities in general. You know, like it's documented. I, I think filmmakers are are showing the world the way it is now. I mean, from Europe to to, to Canada, North America, brown and black people uh, are treated differently. That's yeah. just fact. You know, whether whether we go through an airport or go to a mall, it's a different treatment. Uh, I'm gonna give you a characterization that that is, is my favorite, and I wish I could remember who told me this. It was at a conference. Somebody was trying to say, "Well, okay, it happens. You know, it's sort of inconvenience after inconvenience after inconvenience. You can get over that." And the person said, "Think about this. Somebody takes a droplet, and they immobilize your face, and they drop it." And it hits the same uh, uh, piece of your face every uh, 8.1 seconds. And then they said, well, let's get real. There was something called water torture. Mm-hmm. And the way that he had read about it was, and this was the, the, the facilitator, was it was in the middle of the eyes, a mm-hmm. droplet. And it had immobilized in a vice. And what happened was the person's eyes uh, started to go toward each other. They, their mind and their frontal lobe uh, started to damage. And they lost their mind. You know, and what would what, what and what typically happened in those situations, the way it was explained by the the, the person at that time, what they had a choice was to be murdered on the spot, or to have this device put on in this. And they chose, of course, oh, I'll I'll take the water. As I say this, I think you you know the, the listener out there can understand. Uh, over time, these inconveniences they become a weight. You know, uh, like like somebody uh, said, yeah, I, I think Wanda Thomas Bernard told me this, uh, doctor. Uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, the wonderful senator from Nova Scotia mm-hmm. uh, said to me, is there an age where um, somebody that I know can be in a vehicle and not be pulled over for, for nothing, no, no violation, no traffic light problem or anything? Is there an age we get to? No. You can be 71 years old driving. Yeah. And, and, and since the time you get your license, uh, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and still be pulled over, over and over and over again. You know, if, if I didn't experience this several times as, you know, in my early days when I drove a little bit, and, and, and when I was a passenger also, mm. then I would I wouldn't bring it up. But there's been so many times. I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're, you know, double figures. We're beyond double figures. Mm. You know, so driving a nice car and, 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 and being my visage, you know, was, was that. I'm digressing a little bit here. But what I'm saying is, those two sins uh, of society, racism, uh, which is in vogue now, where I hope we can eliminate it. I'm, I'm that naive. I'm hoping that this new generation eliminates it. Conversation with change is that conversation with people like yourself, Marvin. Like, my, like, like I'm not speaking for you, but we've had this conversation. So, and myself, where I'm comfortable enough for people not to, to think any stereotypical thing about a black guy my age who walks around the city of Halifax. Come up to me, have a conversation with me. Say, what's it like to be black in 2021? Uh, you know, what's what's your story? Find out about people that you don't know about. That's what Conversation for Change is all about. People having these conversations to move these uncomfortable conversations to move the world forward. Difficult questioning. That's where it has to go. Because people say, how do we do this? And that's what happened that day, uh, that leadership program that day, where uh, the youth, uh, I was involved, which I'm very proud of, uh, I was even there that day. This idea idea came out of it where that's how we change the world. 
through these these conversations. That's what conversation for change is. I think that's great, and um, I'm really looking forward to be part of your second uh, conversations for change. There'll be some challenges since you're so comfortable. It'll be a it should be a fun uh, conversation for for people listening. I think it's on the 25th, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's uh, I believe seven o'clock at night, um, seven p.m. Atlantic time. Uh, yeah, and uh, we'll promote it real well. It'll be on our Facebook. It, it'll be not your typical conversation. <laughs> Definitely, and and the fact that it's with you know the somebody who's a little bit younger, I think, will make it a more natural conversation. You know, and I think it'll really appeal to many audiences of varying ages. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say one more thing uh, that I've got to say is I have to mention, uh, you know, the, the level playing field that that's not here in society, and uh, what I mean by that is. Uh, you know, like I grew up very, very humble, uh, you know, uh, humble beginnings, mm-hmm. you know, and money was always an issue, you know. Where did you, where were you and, born, Dennis? Uh, I was born right here in Halifax and uh, really on, on uh, I can't even mention the name, uh, Maitland Street in Halifax. You know, basically, you know, it, it was a struggle. And I, and, and, you know, my story, Marvin, where uh, my, my dad had uh, left our family early. So there were six of us and then seven with, with a mother. I have to mention that poverty and I'm not afraid to say it today, mm-hmm. you know, when people talk about, you know, uh, you know, fixing things and, and uh, helping things and so on and making the world better, you know, we, we have to look at that economics and, and, and so on, where uh, it's not a level playing field because um, of that issue that's still in our society. Uh, you know, people uh, still don't have three, three major, you know, three meals a day. Uh, people still don't have an opportunity to make enough money to get over a certain line to, to touch, you know, the, the dream middle class. Yeah. So gotta, I've got to bring that up today. I've got to bring that out today because uh, uh, people think we've, we've skated away from that. And yeah, we and it's, it's interesting you bring it up because, you know, last week for anybody in Nova Scotia and, and specifically Halifax knows that, you know, the councillors, they, they voted to increase the police budget for Halifax Regional Police, you know, and this... This comes after many of the same people who voted to increase it all 2020 were preaching about, you know, defund the police. And if I get the opportunity, we'll take away their funding and yada, yada, yada. Um, And now we see that the exact opposite in 2021 for the same people who preach that message all 2020, you know, have voted the opposite way. You know, what is how does that make you feel, you know, knowing that that was the same people in 2020 who said that they, they would work towards defunding the police. This is really a tough subject for me. Uh, you know, the word politics in general, I'm going to be very honest today. I've got it to lose here. <laughs> yeah. Like I used to be, I used to think there was a certain party out there that, that, they could, that once they got in, you know, but when they got in, it wasn't like I said it was going to be. So I had some egg on my face, you know, when they finally got in, you know, there are probably good things in every party, but I don't understand how we don't just focus on education and, and poverty. And I mean, try to eliminate these things. I mean, uh, as, as my uncle once said uh, a little while ago, they, elim- they pretty much eliminated cigarette smoking around here. If we can do that, mm-hmm. uh, why can't we work on the things that we got to work on? Housing, uh, poverty, uh, yeah. education, monies, uh, you know. So Getting the homeless did, people off the streets as much as possible. Yeah, people are, you know, are... Uh, I just don't get it. I, I really, and I, I, I've been a social worker too long here. I just don't get it. I don't know what we do here. Politicians get in and then they, they do what they, I guess what they want to do rather than what they're supposed to do. 
now in this climate now people can say this and then do that you know this and then not do it Mm -hmm. i don't get it i really don't get it because i'm I'm old school where all you have is your word that's Mm -hmm. all you got which is why uh, I, I think it's really important and not to not to interrupt that. And it's just, you know, please, please. because it confuses me as well. But I think this is why it's really important. This next generation understands the power of voting and the power of educational, yeah. you know, to make sure you're learning about who you're voting for and not just based on the commercials you see on the TV or whatever. But you, you dig deeper to find out about the candidates and how likely they are to do the things that they're promising that they're going to do during their campaign. You know, that's something my parents really taught me growing up is, you know, don't just look at the commercials. Don't just look at the ads. Don't go Google these people, you know, find out their education, find out where they grew up. You know, if, if they never grew up in the area that they're now saying that they're going to represent and blah, blah, they're less likely to, you know, follow through than people who grew up in the areas that they now represent because, They've seen the the struggle. They've been through the struggles. They've, you know, they have friends who have gone through it and families that have gone through it. So I think it's really important that we continue to encourage the the people who can vote now, the 18, 19, 20s, but also the 12, 13, 14, 15 who are going to be voting in the next few years to continue to educate themselves. So when the time comes that they can, that A, they're showing up to vote. They're not just wasting that opportunity and that privilege. And B that they're yeah. making an informed decision. I couldn't agree more, Mar- uh, Marvin. You 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 nailed it. I, I just I just think we have to go back to to basically being honest. I know that word is old fashioned, mm. but uh, just honesty. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I mean, I'm going to say this. And I hope every politician hears this podcast. Um, resign if you're not honest, you know, and and, and we catch you not being honest, mm-hmm. or if. To promise something that is, you know, is your platform, and 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 basically you get in on that promise, and you don't deliver, resign. I've been raised that way, where if I don't deliver, I have to move out of the way so somebody else can come in and do it. Yeah, you know? and it's interesting you say that because there's so many other positions yeah. where if you don't meet the criteria, you're you're asked to resign. That's it. That's it's it. so strange that politics but, is like one of the only ones that it's like it's not the norm for that to happen. Well, the numbers are going down. I mean, I, I, I think we're getting to full apathy where, uh, you know, we're not going to, we're going to have 15% of our people vote, 10%, 5%. And we're going there. We're, we're going to see how far that goes. So why don't we just, you know, become honest? Let's, let's tell the truth. Mm-hmm. We've got, and I, and I, and I, and I want to say this today, because then you know, people will hear this and think it's a, there are some really good people out there. There really are some great politicians out there who have their heart in the right place. But let's eliminate the game. Let's let's just you know do what we say we're going to do. Yeah, and, and, and uh, that's that's important because that will hold people accountable to be a little more careful with their words. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's bring honesty back, please. Yeah, <laughs> completely, agree. completely. It's a good starting point, honestly. Start it, with it really honesty, like- and then make sure to you know continue with love. That's it. And uh, let's spread some more love over here, uh, American. Let, let's let's definitely do that. This is this is great. I I, I love this honesty. Uh, you know, this beautiful honesty that that uh, me and you have. I love it. Definitely, and I think it's it's the way forward. You know, we have to stop these stigmas and stop being worried about the stigmas of what men shouldn't and shouldn't say. You know, I I think it's a game changer. Yep. Even the fact that you know we have thirty plus year old two black males out here telling we love each other. That should be that's more, that, let's normalize that, 
You know, I want to hear more of that. Well, Marvin, I love you. I'll start right there. I love right, you, Marvin. I right love back you. at you, Don't brother. Right back at you, uh, brother. You are my brother. You are you are my brother. And uh, you know, uh, people who are brave enough to speak the truth, to you know, go away from some of the norms and traditions that we have out here and the way we communicate. Uh, you know, we're behind those people, and uh, uh, I'm behind them. You're behind them. Uh, you know, we've had that conversation. Uh, uh, so uh, let's uh, let's make this world a better place. Let's make Nova Scotia better. Let's start here. Thank you, Dennis. I love you, my brother. I look forward to continue to working together. I look forward to the conversations for change. You know, everyone make sure to check that out. And uh, again, that's the 7 p.m. on February 25th. Thank you for being a member of the committee. I thank you for being a good person, a good role model, and doing all the great work you're doing at, at Love Nova Scotia. We are going to work together for change. Thanks for being my friend, Marvin. Uh, with all that. Thanks for being a, a, a new good friend of mine. Thank you, Mark. It's my pleasure. Right back at you. And, and for everyone listening, you know, it's important that uh, we always come together from a ways, but we always work together for change.